Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, this is Michelle from Jasami Publishing Limited with another podcast, the Jasami Bookworm Podcast. I'm delighted to introduce my guests today. It's Harry Thompson. Welcome, Harry. Thank you. Great to be here. Thank you very much. Now, uh, Harry is part of our new, uh, the authors, uh, the self-publishing division. So he's come to us with a, a short story, which we're working on, and the first one that he's going to self-publish. So tell us a little bit about our, your short story and how it came about, please. Oh, I don't like to give too much away. You'll need to buy the book, really. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I worked myself for a long time, so my brain's had a long time to concoct it. But it's basically about a lottery ticket that goes astray and finds its way into the Glasgow underworld. And um, all that ensues is everything. Money, gangsters. Well, why would you not want to read it? Absolutely, and uh, uh, a Glaswegian character or two. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so what made you write the story? Uh, lockdown. I'm a, a perpetual worker. I don't stop working. Uh, although now I'm getting older, I have a Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> a whole day off. <laughs> a whole, whole day. A whole day. And um, I just find that when the lockdown, I had literally nothing to do. And I thought, I'm not turning a buck here. I'm not doing anything. So I'm going to write this story, which was really, really interesting because it had been in my head for so long. There's a twist in how it happens. And the ticket, um, basically, it's the same as what I do. If I'm going out or something, I mark the ticket so I know it's my ticket. And uh, so I knew the story. And then I had built on that, why, what happens if that did happen, could this happen so it, it all just added and the interesting thing was the book wrote its first half of the book wrote itself which mm-hmm. just wrote itself and we got back to work for a wee while so it might never have happened but then it got shut down again and I got back to it and it was interesting because we've got a friend that's kind of a forensic uh, guy for the banks, he goes through you know, people's letters and things like that and he can concoct ways and the way they're saying things and he got him to read my book I got him to read my book and uh, he, sa- he said uh, the, the, book's, the book was great, he liked it he said, uh, but he said you wrote it in two halves mm-hmm. and I said I have no idea how he, how he knew but he could tell me the page and he could 
could tell me I'd written it in two halves. The second half had to be concocted by me, which would I would say that was the bit I really wrote, whereas the rest wrote itself. Mm-hmm. But um, it was really enjoyable eventually. But because I've, I, I started, um, I didn't realise it, but when I turned 60, I started writing poetry and stuff, and it was weird. And then I was writing jokes, and I did The Fringe in uh, 2019, and I wrote a lot of stuff. Probably never need to write anything else again. I wrote so much stuff. Um, I mean, you can go for months and nothing turns out. Yes. But, you know, there was a really funny one. I, I don't know if you'll like this one or not, but when my, my boy left, we changed his room into a wee office kind of thing for me, and it was the best thing I've ever done. It was somewhere to go, and so I'd advise anybody to do it. And uh, so I was doing the fringe, but the wife would get quite, where is he? He's, he's, he's doing bugger all. You know, he's up there doing bugger all. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting, and I'm, I'm just, to be fair, some nights you maybe did bugger all, but some nights you might have wrote two jokes, which was good going. And uh, so she, I hear her coming up the stairs this night, right? So I'm going to wind her up, right? So I pulls up a sheet of plain paper and I get a pen and I start scribbling sort of wildly <laughs> on this bit of paper. Knowing what she's going to do, she's going to come up, look over my shoulder to see what I've produced. Uh-huh. So she comes in, she looks over my shoulder. She goes, what are you doing? I says, I'm practising my autograph for the fringe. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I turns round and this uh-huh. is where it gets really cheeky. Can I, can I be bold and cheeky here? Oh, yes. I said, in fact, I said, why don't you get your tits out? Mm-hmm. I says, and I'll practice a rock star one in case <laughs> I get <that> some. <laughs> and she's a good Glasgow woman. But uh-huh. <laughs> man, I did take a chance there. <laughs> and I did get, you can imagine the reply, was a few superlatives, but that was a funny moment. Yeah, not exactly. The <laughs> thing. Well, I have to say that we are actually recording this here at the um, Britannia Panopticon and the Music Hall, obviously, where Stan Laurel first appeared. And tonight is comedy night. So this is your other secret part since you've been writing jokes. You're going to appear tonight. Yes, let's hope I don't uh, make a mess of this. And <laughs> get this good. I don't think so, yeah, no. Well, we'll see. Yeah. I'm not known for falling on my backside, but... You know, hopefully good. I use the props. Good props are really good for their memory because people do it. You see, I watch comedians now and I've learned a wee bit. I've not been doing it a long time. I'm not an expert. But you'll see events like a bottle of water and sometimes people will go for the bottle of water because they forgot the blooming joke. Oh. And it's a way, it's a way you're taught to kill to a wee bit of time. Mm-hmm. You know, or if somebody starts heckling, rather than give them oxygen of bringing them into the audience go for a wee drink and it kills that wee bit of time and lets them settle down. There's lots of things that you see that you've learned people doing, you know, and uh, I've really enjoyed it. <clears throat> this came about because um, they were talking about putting me in a home. <laughs> no, that's just another <laughs> joke. <laughs> to save yourself. <laughs> <laughs> this came about because I've done the same job for 35, 40 years. Uh-huh. And I was thinking, do I do something else? And I thought, I don't want to be a tax collector anymore. I don't want to. I want to do something that I can do myself. I don't need anybody. And I can go. Uh, and if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it'll be fun. Mm-hmm. And that's the way it's kind of went. I've never went anywhere. But it's been fun. <laughs> well, you're going places now because yeah. you're, you're right here, which is wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So what we're going to do is, because we love our podcast to be so varied and interesting, we're going to go ahead and uh, say, 
we're going to record your episode <laughs> here uh, so that everybody will be able to uh, partake of it and enjoy the to our listeners. So this part is going to be a little bit short, and then I'm going to do a part at the end. So what I'm going to do is I'm not going to say cheerio now. I'm going to say stay tuned for uh the for Harry Thompson at the Britannia Panopticon and the comedy here. Two more acts to this half. Are you enjoying it so far? Yeah. I'm gonna get the next act straight on, you're gonna love him. Give it up for Harry! Did you get a lumber the night? So I brought a chair. Sorry I'm a wee bit late to the mic there, they wanted to keep me longer in hair and makeup. Would you believe it? I don't believe it, right? Now, um, I'm not a full-time comedian, I'm only part-time, but you can live in hope. And I do thousands of miles in my job, and in my back pocket, on a daily basis, I carry a picture. Right? Maybe at the front you can see who that is. George Michael, 80s icon superstar, right? And I carry that in case I'm ever in a serious road traffic accident and need facial reconstruction. <laughs> and on the back of it, I've wrote me. <laughs> Just in case they don't get it, you know what I mean? And I'll cheat. I'll not be doing gigs this size, I'll tell you, if I look like George Michael. <laughs> I'll be charging a lot more money. The, um, I like to tell a wee story. Um, I used to be a, a gaffer in a wee Glasgow factory, right? And we had this wee cleaner woman who was fucking mental, you know, absolutely mental Glasgow, great mental. And I'm sitting in my office, somebody knows one, and I'm sitting in my office this day and I hear her shouting, I'm going for him. And I thought, oh, fuck, here she goes, I don't know if I can go this. And she was coming through the building, kicking the doors open, she wasn't even opening the doors, she was going, Poof. I could hear them, next one's mine, is she going to chap it? Poof. There she is, come and see this. Come and see this, she says. So I follow her through to the gents' toilet. She goes like that and she opens a trap door. She goes, take a fucking look at that. I'm not cleaning that. So I look, right? I couldn't believe it. I was, I was looking at the biggest shit in the world, right? <laughs> this shit was that big that it was three inches above the porcelain. It was honestly three inches above the porcelain. And I went, wait a minute, we're looking for a specialist here. This couldn't stood up to finish this. And she goes, she goes, I'm surprised we never heard it. And I says, how would we have heard it? She says, could see that arse, it's sharp with a bang. <laughs> and and uh, I was going to poke it, you know, I thought the boys have made this, nobody done this, right? The, the, I'm going to poke this to push it out. And I got a whiffy, it was a real deal, somebody actually done this, right? And she goes, right, I've got a better idea. I says, what is it? She says, get all them out there to line up, bend over, drop their trousers to have a look at their arse. <laughs> I says, and how's that going to help? She goes, because I'll tell you who done it. I says, how are you going to know that? She goes, because see that arse, it'll be all stretch marks. <laughs> <laughs> I done the fringe in, um, I was in 2019, I didn't do it the last time, the, the drama. And uh, I went in, I hadn't been doing it that long, and I came home and I says to my boy, he says, you'll never believe it, they've gave me 28 seats. Every night, I'm on it. So he looked at me, the white boys look at their dad. And he says, Dad, how long are you on for? I says, an hour. 
He says, an hour? You can't go an hour without a pee. <laughs> I thought he's right. So a wee bit deflated, right? But the next morning, I cracked it, right? I obviously slept on it. And I invented this. Now, this would all through the fringe for me. People tried to buy it off me and everything, right? <laughs> Lucky nobody's closer than I've been before because they're sitting one back, right? Because I usually leave a wee bit of residue in it, you know? <laughs> Somebody could have been wearing it, you know? <laughs> I know people don't like being covered in old man's pish, but um, <laughs> part of the course. So everybody was trying, people were trying to buy that. I said, big man, I'm a miles away from my toilet. Could I buy that? No, I've got another 28 nights to go, mate. <laughs> and they thought, there'd be that much interest in it, I thought maybe we should go on Dragon's Den. <laughs> so, we better get a snappy name, right? So I've called it the Pish Taker, right? <laughs> we fucking branded this boy, right? The Pish Taker. And then we thought, no. We thought, no. They'll, they'll throw us, you know, Scottish people were no good at presenting things in. No, we'd go down there, make an asset, they'd throw us out, take that way, right? So we thought, how are we going to get money out of this? And then we realised, now everybody at some point tries to kid on their posh, and I can see that in here. Some of you try and kid on your posh, right? But I know, uh, definitely know in Glasgow, that people get bluttered on a Saturday night, right? And they have a pee in the wardrobe in the early hours of Sunday morning. Anybody <laughs> going to own up to that? No. But you know somebody, don't you? You know somebody, right? Aye. You know somebody that's done that and had a pee in the wardrobe, right? So we'll be talking to Ikea. <laughs> and we're hoping that the next time you go to Ikea and you open the wee wardrobe door, going to be one of these fucking bad boys screwed to it, right? <laughs> fucking Glasgow boy. No daft. No daft. Right? <laughs> um, I like to tell, uh, well, what happened to us after the Christmas lockdown, we'd put on a few pun, you know, everybody didn't need put on a few pun after Christmas. So we thought we'd better go on a diet, so me and her were researching the diets and they're just a lot of nonsense, absolute nonsense. So we invented our own diet, and we've called it the crack diet. Right, now you can use it yourselves if you want, this is free, gratis, right? So we called it the crack diet, and we talk to people, they go, oh, that sounds brilliant, big chap. Junkies are never fat, man, that'll be a brilliant diet. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, this is nothing to do with drugs or that, this is purely organic, right? So how this works is, you can eat anything that's healthy, fair enough, but if you want a wee treat, like a sweetie or a bit of chocolate, you have to eat it out the crack of your partner's arse. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's had, it's had a few different results, right? She's fucking lost a stone, right? But I've put on too. And my breath's fucking awful, by the way. <laughs> Feel free to use that, you can use that, you know. Right, now, I'm a bit of a mad inventor, right? I fucking invent things, right? Now, this year, I called my Bobby a name. And when young people do that, they, you know, they just got a creepy bastard, right? But see, when you get him eyes, you can, you can cruise it in the bar, right? So I called it the Big Dripper, <laughs> right? Because when you get him eyes, you can shake it all you like. As soon as you put it back in your trousers, 
three big drips, fucking bang, bang, bang. Beige trousers, fucking out. Out to beige trousers, right? So, as usual, my brain goes, I think we could fix this. We could do something about this, right? So, this is another invention of mine, right? Uh, this is the Bobby Bib. <laughs> right? So that's a bib. <laughs> fucking brilliant, isn't it? Well, you put the trousers on, put the fucking bobby bubble on, right? <laughs> fucking brilliant, right? <laughs> and usually by this point, people are shouting at me, right? Now, they're not abusing me or that, but they're shouting, Harry, it's too wee. So this is mine. <laughs> right, this is the big bobby bubble, right? This is the one, right? See if you don't shake it, right? You put it away, your knee gets wet. Not anymore, <laughs> fucking right. But my actual favourite, my actual favourite. Somebody said you don't get one with Boris Johnson on it. I mean that's fucking brilliant. I'm going to steal that. So what's the next time? But no, this one here has got a wee pony on it. So I don't know if you can see that. This one's got a wee pony on it, right? And the people are already chuckling that are ahead of me here, right? <laughs> if you have a good night, shall we say? This could become a unicorn. <laughs> Fucking brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> oh, it's madness. Um, now, I'm baldy, right? And people go, ah, it's alright being baldy. It's no alright being baldy. You're fucking nuts, right? <laughs> but I was alright, you know, you live your life, you're quite happy. Till the hairdo came out and I was really ticked off. The fucking man bun. I thought I'm never going to have a man bun. <laughs> fucking I am, right? <laughs> right? Fucking brilliant, innit? After this on during the day, just cut a boot, you know? I go for a caramel macchiato in the game, right? And uh, in Glasgow and hope I don't get stabbed, right? And everything the way it is, I'm, I'm, I'm going to cycle up to the club, probably. And I'm going to throw a few shapes, because see when I put this on, I think I can dance. It's weird, right? I think I can dance. And you know, I notice a strange thing in, in the women in the audience. I can feel myself being upgraded. <laughs> Before I put this on, it was no chance. Now they're going, oh, he's maybe a maybe. He's I've upgraded him a maybe. <laughs> So, I'm going to cycle up to the club, right? And I'm going to throw a few shapes. And then at the end of the night, I'm going to saddle up to a nice wee granny and say, fancy a back me up the road then. <laughs> That's all for me, people. Thanks for listening. Hello, welcome back, and I hope everybody enjoyed Harry's comedy routine, which was fantastic. He always makes me laugh. Uh, so we're winding this up. Harry, who would you like to do a shout-out to? Well, to get me here in this journey, my son uh, came and listened to me night after night after night as I practiced for the Fringe, and uh, I thank him for that. And my missus followed me for a year, religiously, for a year. And then had enough. <laughs> so I've been on my own for three years. Which is, uh, it's all good. It gives you a chance to blather and meet interesting people. 
Absolutely. Like Michelle. Oh, thank you very much. Well, I will say one more plug. Uh, we are going to be putting up uh, part of the short story um, on the website as a teaser for you guys. You're not going to get the whole thing. But once it goes up, then we'll let you know where it is and uh, when it's available on Amazon and the other uh, distribution channels, obviously. So once again, thank you. This is Michelle at Jasami Bookworm Podcast. As always, wishing you a sunny day. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.